into the season and then would go on to sputter out. Because I remember those teams too, the teams with Rich Rod, where every year it seemed they were starting 5-0, and they were starting 6-0 and after his first year, and people were saying, this is the year Michigan's going to contend for a national championship. The difference is, instead of beating a Notre Dame team that just turned out to be overrated, Michigan's beat two good teams that they just dismantled so people are concerned that maybe they're not that good. I don't think that's the case. I just think this team's very good. Yeah, I don't think this hype train is um, unreasonable at all. I think there's definitely a chance for Michigan to win the Big Ten, especially the way Ohio State's kind of been struggling against not that good teams. Michigan State snuck by a few um, games that everyone thought they should have um, breezed away with. And also just a lot of the other teams are sort of beating themselves up. Um, Minnesota just crushed Purdue. Purdue is a team that gave Michigan State some struggles in East Lansing. And Minnesota's a team that got smacked by Northwestern. As you saw, Northwestern is a team that got destroyed by Michigan. So there's a lot of beating each other up in the middle of the Big Ten. And the top teams, um, namely Ohio State and Michigan State, are struggling to get away with wins. So I think there's definitely a chance for Michigan to easily win the Big Ten. All right, so uh, before we continue with the rest of the show, we have an announcement from the show that normally comes on after us. Go ahead. Well, good evening. This is Dick Whaley of Gray Matters. Uh, tonight, due to some technical difficulties, scheduling problems and whatnot, uh, I've uh, granted these guys a whole extra half hour to talk about the MSU matchup. I'll just introduce this segment by saying... If ever you've seen The Big Chill, the movie by U of M grad Lawrence Kasdan, if you'll notice very carefully, they're showing the Michigan Michigan State game on TV, and there's a shot of Bo. And let's give Harbaugh some credit. He, what he's got doing going on here with this team is preparation, thoroughness. You see it in the special teams. you got the two great covers. That allows them to play this great running defense. And Jim Harbaugh has got Michigan football 90% back. This is the biggest game they've had probably in six or seven years. And guess what? The key stat in the Michigan-MSU game is who stops the run the best. So with that, I turn it over to the sports show. And we'll be back next week with the usual edition of Gray Matters. Thank you very much, and that's a good segue to the start of our Michigan State talk. So now we can actually really get into it. Um, I'm just going to give my kind of spiel on how I feel about this game. I I personally do think Michigan's going to win. I do think they're going to win. I think they're going to they're going to smother a, a Michigan State offense that has been really good mainly because their quarterback has been able to throw to receivers and by that I mean he's been able to kind of put the team on his back find a guy, find a receiver that might potentially be able to get open and throw it up and he makes the catch beyond that their run game is not that great their special teams is not that great their defense is not the Michigan State defense of the past three years at this point Michigan is considered by a lot to be a favorite in this game, and I think that they are and quite frankly should be. Well, I think I think going into the, you know, we had our, our lovely, you know, introduction with Gray Matters, and the question was about, you know, the run game. I think what you can look at on Michigan State, something that hasn't been experienced in Ann Arbor that much, is injuries. There are injuries in East Lansing, um, on the offensive line, in, in the secondary, um, the Spartans have been underachieving on offense. They don't, they don't really pound teams like they used to. And I think that that's, you know, 
uh, a Michigan State team that's kind of limping into Ann Arbor versus a Michigan State, um, uh, a Michigan Wolverines team that for the first time there's an in-state rivalry game that matters that the fans are excited about. We have people guarding the M against uh, spray paint in the Diag all week. You know, the, I I feel like that you can't you can't you know discount that factor. Yeah, if you compare it to last year, last year the M got spray painted easily. No one was guarding it for like the first half of the week, and I think that part of the reason why is because people just become apathetic to the oh, team nobody last cared. year. Nobody cared. It, it became the past two years a game that you dreaded as opposed to a game you looked forward to. I, I know for me, I stopped watching the game last year, which I, I almost never do because it got to the point where it was like watching an inevitable death where you knew it was coming, but you wanted to watch and see to see maybe there was some life. And then yeah, it was like end- Bambi. It was like watching Bambi over and over again. And you like, you, oh, you, or you the know, Lion King. The or the Lion King. Yeah. Up. See, I, I like to think of it more as Michigan State was a semi truck and we were a, a pedestrian <laughs> jaywalking where you didn't want to watch because you knew it was coming, but you couldn't look away. And that was Michigan the past two years. They had no chance being Michigan State. <laughs> And I could make the argument that this year, I think, is the biggest game since uh, the 2006 game against Ohio State. I think this is extremely significant. That was the game of the century, of course, in Columbus that Michigan lost. But Michigan has an opportunity to erase a lot of what Michigan State was able to accomplish. But at that same time, people are starting to say Michigan's back. If they were to lose at home to Michigan State, I think a lot of what what this team has accomplished would be erased. And I do believe that. Part of the problem with starting as well as Michigan has under Jim Harbaugh in his first year is that now all of a sudden everything, all the expectations have been ramped up significantly where at the beginning of the year it was looked at eight wins, nine wins would have been a great season. And now all of a sudden people are saying if this team doesn't win the Big Ten, if it doesn't win out in the regular season, it's a disappointment. I'm one of those people who's bought into that where I'll be very disappointed if they aren't in the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis. But it all starts with this weekend. And not only do I want to see Michigan win, I want to see Michigan dominate a Michigan State team, which frankly I don't think is that good. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on that. That's kind of – that's why I feel the way I do about the game. And I know during the first half of the show I sounded apathetic saying that I need to see them beat a team. And that's – like I said, that's just the part of me that that doesn't want to believe. But the majority of me, the majority of me that has watched these games, that has seen Michigan State literally struggle against teams that they had no business struggling against, such as Rutgers last week and Purdue the week before, even Western Michigan in the opening game, I don't see how this team is going to win against Michigan. Going to, if this game was at Michigan State, if it was at East Lansing for the third year in a row, then maybe it would be a potentially different game. But this is the first time in two years that the Spartans are coming here, and that's going to be a big impact, oh, I think. Oh, yeah. Because I, I Connor he, Cook has never played here before. Is that, is that right? He's never oh, played true. here before. That's true. Yeah. That's accurate. I mean, I, the big house was almost as electric as I've seen it, I think, in my, in my career in Without the student section. Um, and I was glad because I had my brother visiting for the first time. It was his first big house experience, and he looked at me and he said, "Is it always like this?" And I said, and "You no, said yeah, not, <laughs> not not of late, not recently." Um, I, I've heard Michigan State student section tickets going for two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, I have a friend who who sold his tickets for like two hundred seventy five. Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he's making bank so off these. It's games. gonna be, better be to Michigan. It's fans. gonna be yeah, yeah, it that, is too. yeah. 
a quick PSA to any Michigan students: Do not sell your tickets to state fans. They can come, they can they can sleep on your floor, they can you know go no, to tailgate, do that, and then they can go and then they can go home and they can watch it on TV because there th- this has got to be a sea of me. Yeah, let's stop with the my friends from high school goes to Michigan yeah. State coming down for the <laughs> yeah, weekend. You're, yeah, those are your high them, school friends. Leave them leave them in high school. Walk them downhill towards Washtenaw, leave them at the Rock, and let them find their yeah, way. The, no, the, get them the, get them Cricky the, Burger and then just. Tell the be- the best part for me is that I have a friend who currently writes for the state news, so he will be in the press box. So as soon as this game is over, if Michigan wins, I'm going to joke on him immediately because he has been unrelenting the past two years. Well, here's the thing. it, it all it, You're going to be able to tell what kind of game this is going to be very early, I think. I think that it, it's all about Michigan, that first uh, Michigan State possession – if there if there's a big stop there, if the defense does its work and people start thinking, oh, this is going to be the thirteenth consecutive scoreless quarter. Or this is you know we you know this defense is for real and we can contain Connor Cook. That's going to set the tone. Additionally, what you've seen from from Michigan offense is get ahead early and then kind of ground and pound for the rest of the game. You know, make it you know extend that possession time. Don't really let. You, you know, the opponent have an opportunity to come back. If that can happen like it did in the Northwestern game in the first quarter early, then it's just going to be a breeze. Uh, uh, yeah. The, my, the, my concern is that it won't happen easily. Yeah, my, that's my biggest question as well is we don't really know what this team looks like against adversity because other than the Utah game, which they didn't handle it well, they lost. We really haven't seen them. Yeah, but, they, but they, only lost by, they only lost by seven. Right, but they had a chance driving late in the game, and Rudock threw the pick six, and then the game was essentially over. Yeah, they scored a touchdown in garbage time and would have needed a miracle play. But, when I'm, but that when was I'm, the only time we've seen them in a position where they needed to come back to win a game or their offense needed to make plays. Since then, we've seen a team where seemingly any week, if they scored a touchdown, you basically knew the game was over. So my question is, if Michigan State comes in and scores on their first drive or has big plays, gets points on the board early, how does Michigan respond to that? Because Michigan State's mindset coming into this game is we've got to score, we've got to get a quick start and shut down this crowd because the stadium's going to be loud, but it can get really quiet if Michigan State comes out and scores on an opening drive or stops Michigan on their first possession and then scores. So that's going to be the biggest key is Michigan limiting the mistakes early and also preventing Michigan State from taking the crowd out of the game. Michigan's got to feed off that energy because they've played now six consecutive weeks. This will be the seventh straight week of playing football. The energy is going to be down for both these teams. You're starting to get tired. You're in the middle of conference play now. Michigan's got a bye week coming up. They've got to leave it all on the field this week and really shut down Michigan State early and break their spirit. And I think I think you can kind of expect that to happen based on what you've seen from from Harbaugh. First of all, he's not emphasizing this in-state rivalry. He really he's, isn't. He really he, isn't. He is dodging every in-state rivalry question he possibly can. It is business as usual. And I saw something as you know just before just before we came on that Desmond Howard was on the Rich Eisen show, and they were talking, and and he and Rich asked the question, "What has Harbaugh done?" And the answer was, "He is a coach." Brady Hoke what, had you know the, the those are my sons out there. He's not your Harbaugh is not your friend. He's not your dad. He's not. He's he is the absolute like unflinching coach. And whether he's up thirty-one or 
or if it's a tie game, he's going to be intense. Yeah, we and saw animated. we saw we saw him go off on a ref yet on Saturday when he had a thirty-one to nothing lead. Personally, it's fun to watch from the student section when it's easy to tell where Harbaugh is at any given time on the sideline because you can see him like squatting down with his neck out, basically over the over the boundary, just for every single play. Yeah, and and I like it a lot too because at this point, Michigan State's also earned that respect. Yeah, of, they have. Where under Brady Hoke, it just got tiring of how big this game was, how it's Michigan State or referring to Ohio State as Ohio. It got tiring because every single year he talked up and every single year he would go out and have his team underprepared and lose and just get beat up. It's nice to have a coach who not only do I think Michigan will be able to win this game, but this will hardly be a game where coming in I think Michigan State will have uh, – boatloads of material of this is how Michigan's disrespecting us. This is how, you know, this is what they really think of you. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to have, have the material from the media, but they're not going to have it but from they're actually not, right. Michigan. I don't think we're going to hear this year any players guaranteeing a win or Jim Harbaugh saying, you know, that this is Michigan State or how important this game is. He's treating it like it's another game because in reality, if Michigan wins this game or loses this game, it's just as painful as if they would have lost this previous week or if they lose next week in terms of getting to the playoff. It's a big deal to fans. It's a big deal to the media. But to this team, they have to view this as another week and another game that they have to win. And I think I, what what it's, is going to be nice is my, my roommate's from East Lansing. He's going to have three Michigan State people sleeping on our floor, which I cannot, do not forgive him for. Um, but they cannot walk into my room and, uh, with any sort of cockiness. They cannot walk in with any sort of confidence. This is a very, this is going to be a very, very at, evenly look, matched game. Confi- confidence, I think you can have. You just can't have cockiness. Exa- well, I, okay, I don't mind sure. a team coming in confident, but overconfidence, I think, is where you have the problem. There, there's something to look at still here and something that hasn't been mentioned yet. We haven't seen Michigan State dominate anybody. They, no, there's no nobody. game yeah, that they have won convincingly anywhere on that schedule. A three-point win against Oregon, arguably, well, pretty much unarguably, their their best Oregon's win of bad the season. This year. Oregon is Oregon, not an Oregon well. team that just lost to Washington State last weekend. An Oregon team that lost sixty-two to twenty to the Utah team that Michigan played in Week One. I think it's hard to put any stock into this Michigan State team simply because every game that they played, whether you look at Western Michigan, Air Force, Central Michigan. All of those teams were able to impose some sort of offensive prowess on on this Michigan State defense. Let's the, the I think the big one for me though was the Purdue game. They that, should have lost that, Purdue and that, Rutgers. That was a game that was at home for the Spartans, and they literally had a what a twenty four to three, the twenty four to seven or a twenty four to three lead or something like that, and they they pretty much blew it. They had a huge lead and they blew it in the in the matter of a half. The only win for Purdue on the seasons against Indiana State. Wow, wow! I didn't even know that. That's pretty. That's pretty. The sad. Sycamores. The sick. Well, I mean, that's. I've always in, said in state rivalry. A great. <laughs> I've always said a great mascot means a great team, and I've never heard of a, of the Sycamores before. But the statistic that that people should look at for for Michigan, Michigan State is points against. Mi- Michigan obviously. Yeah. Oh my God. Michigan obviously keeping it fairly low. Michigan State not a not terrible in terms of uh, their the, the offensive the offenses that they've been facing, especially when you consider Oregon's not been that good. And yet points against they rank forty third in the nation with twenty one. 
They gave up 24 points to Western Michigan. They gave, they gave up. How about giving up 21 points to AFA? Now the the thing that the thing about that some people who are listening might not realize is that when we say this, we're not saying it as in like they gave them up during garbage time when they already had a big enough lead. Oh, they, they were could no, avoid no, no. It. Michigan State pulled away later in those games. Yeah, in both Rutgers and Purdue, Michigan State had to pull the game, had to pull out. They they literally won in won the Rutgers game. At the end of the game, it was tied twenty-four to twenty-four. And Rutgers was on Michigan Rutgers. State's goal line essentially, and and failed. So it was. It, well, they they uh, spiked the ball and yeah, they down. Spiked, yeah, they spiked the ball and fourth down, uh, yeah, which is it, a new, unique way of handling a uh, final drive. Some, some would call it a controversial strategy. <laughs> it's, I it, I also don't want to fully discredit Michigan State because there is something to be said for the rivalry game, whether or not it's being hyped up on the Michigan end of things or not. I think I, I was reading a few uh, different articles this weekend. Michigan State is still somewhat of a sleeping giant to people. This team that has not really overperformed they're, at they're all sleeping. this season. That's, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're so dozing. Far. They, so they took some NyQuil in early August. And, and, see, I don't, I don't see the giant in them, though, so you'll have to show, show me where that is. Yeah. I don't think it's What's in the case? running game, obviously. I think, I think the, only, the only thing that they have going for them is that connection between Connor Cook and uh, it's like Bo... Oh, I can't remember their leading receiver's name. It starts with a B. Burbridge. Um, Burbridge, yeah. That's really their only, their only hope, I think, offensively against this Michigan secondary is if they're able to complete some longer passes. We've seen Michigan even this weekend on those third and long plays where the defense works them into a good position and it's third and 14, third and 16, and just give up poor undercuts underneath the secondary. If Michigan State's able to exploit some of that laziness, I think they have a better chance than any team Michigan's seen all season of taking advantage of it. Yeah, well, well this, is, this is a really different Michigan State team than we've seen in the past. Usually we've seen with Le'Veon Bell, kind of the bell cow, just has like 30 carries a game. and They have no run game, essentially. Not, and, not a good run game. And they're, Yeah, right now, like, and after him there was um, Langford. But, yeah, exactly. Right now they have two running backs who generally split their carries, LJ Scott, Madre London, and they're both freshmen. So we don't see that veteran ground and pound running back that Michigan State's used to seeing and that's kind of actually something that we're seeing in Michigan's offense which is interesting and I guess the the last thing that I I'll mention is that this one thing that we haven't I don't think we've even seen all the plays that the Wolverine coaching staff have in their playbook for this game I feel I feel like there are certain things that they are keeping (laughs) under wraps for games like this mainly because they don't want anybody to see them. See, I, I keep hearing that, and I think that's just garbage. It's it's not. They, they've played in too many close games to say they're. It's one thing to keep things under wraps when you're playing like Michigan is and blowing out teams every week, but when you're winning against Purdue no, I'm by saying a field I'm saying I'm saying Michigan has doing is doing Michigan. that, oh, not Michigan, Michigan State. Okay, no, I'm Michigan saying State. Harbaugh. Is, yeah, Harbaugh I, has some things that they haven't used yet. Because I keep hearing, and Drew Sharp, the free press writer, even wrote something that. Uh, you know, Mark D'Antonio's got some things up his sleeve waiting for Michigan. And it, but Dan, the thing and, is, D'Antonio, point, like, D'Antonio's not an offensive coach. He never has been. But whatever, when you're beating Purdue by a field goal, you're not saving things waiting for Michigan. Because no, no, if you not. lose to Purdue, this game means a hell of a lot less. But back to, the, back to the main point, though, the fact that Michigan may be keeping something in the pocket. Look at who the main receivers were this weekend. They didn't show really anything to the wideouts. Oh, they, yeah. And, AJ Williams was the number one receiver this and, weekend. And wrapping wrapping end arounds all over the place. I mean it, My boy Amara Darbo barely saw any time. There there are game there are there are plays in that book that we're gonna see either this weekend or Ohio State on w- November thirtieth. When they need them. So there I think they're there. 
I so so you mentioned a concern about giving up, you know, third and fourteen or you know. Right. Yeah, I think that's so. A legitimate I, so concern. And I think I think that is a legitimate concern. But here's why I'm confident in Michigan's ability to to stifle that. Michigan State's offensive line is nothing to be scared of, and it, it plagued with injuries hasn't been doing anything you know spectacular. And they haven't really faced a defensive line that's fully challenged them yet. You put Chris Wormley uh, on a third and 14, and he will get after Connor Cook. Connor Cook is not going to have – I'm, I'm going to give him four or five seconds max. I think that, that I think that's they, still plenty of time. I think four or five seconds is, is a good amount of time. Well, it depends on how the secondary is covering. But I'm saying, right, I'm right, saying, right, I'm right, saying right, a third. Receivers. I'm saying a third and fourteen. He's. It's not going right, to be. It's not going to be those little. Yeah. It's not going to be those little crosses or yeah. or off to the sideline passes. I think that you know this. It, it's you know we talk about the secondary. We talk about special teams. I think a potential star. You know if it if it runs the right way is the defensive line this weekend. For me, I think the only the thing that I'm just kind of that I just ha- hope in my heart that happens, I don't think they're going to shut them out. I just don't think that's going to be possible because this is going to be a better offense than what they. You knock seen. on wood, please, or could like walk like walk outside, turn around three times and spit. Like I'm very superstitious. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I I am too. So don't worry. Um, but don't I, change like, your I, underwear, I CJ. Don't, I don't think that they're going to shut them out. But my hope is, what happened two years ago. When Michigan went up to Michigan State, and Michigan State had Michigan had negative rushing yards, and Devin Gardner got knocked back on three consecutive plays during one drive. If I witnessed that during this game, I'll be happy. Like I, I, I that that's just how I feel because at that point, there's nothing your offense can do, and I hope that this defense can get to that point during this game. I'll say this: I will be. This is Michigan's chance to cut off any sort of steam Michigan State to send them back to the program they used to be and, and should remain. It's, I think we're headed back to the era of when it used to be the big two, little nine. Now it'll just be the big two and the little 12. We need to get back to when Michigan and Ohio State were the two best programs and everyone else was playing catch-up. Michigan has an opportunity to really send Michigan State back because if Michigan comes in this week and beats Michigan State like they should – because I'm convinced this is a far better team than Michigan State. Michigan should really beat them by three or four touchdowns. If they do that, all of a sudden, all the recruiting buzz that Michigan State generated stops. is stopped. All the kids going to be Spartan dogs on that defense. They're not going there anymore. Because right now, Michigan State's allowing more than double the amount of yards that this Michigan defense that mm-hmm. doesn't have the swagger, doesn't have rappers coming in the locker room, partying with them. Michigan's just a bunch of guys coming in to do work every weekend and dominating. They don't have the swagger, the cockiness, the... 50 different jersey combinations and the alternate black helmets and the Spartan mask and all the garbage. Michigan's just going to hopefully come in Saturday and just punch Michigan State in the mouth for four quarters. Would, if you are if you are a recruit looking to be a part of this next recruiting class, would you rather play at Ohio State that's having trouble holding Maryland, at Michigan State that's having that struggled against Rutgers, or would you rather play at the dominant defensive force that is Michigan. I think you're right about that. I think that with this win, hopefully, and with you know with the rest of the season, this could be a a, a an assert yourself performance. And the reason I bring up recruiting is Dalen Hayes, uh, who was committed to USC, USC firing their coach today. He decommitted, decommitted from USC. But when asked about whether Michigan was in the running, he said Notre Dame was the favorite. Michigan State certainly up there, and said Michigan isn't 
he's thinking about it, but Michigan, it didn't really sound as made that much of an impression on him. Part of it being that he said he hasn't really spoken much to the recruiting staff, but that's got to end where the five-star recruit who plays at Saline High School, who plays down the road in Ann Arbor, is not even considering Michigan, and maybe that's because Michigan's not interested, which it sounds like was part of it, that he hasn't spoken much to Harbaugh like he has D'Antonio. But that's got to end where going to Michigan State is left for the two stars and the three stars who can't go to Michigan, that's got to become the norm again. And I think Michigan, with a dominant win Saturday, can make that the and, way like and, it used to be. And the, the one thing that people always kind of gave D'Antonio credit for, and he rightly does deserve it, is that he did take those two and three stars and turn them into fantastic players. And that couldn't really be said for Michigan the past eight years. They're, Michigan r- rarely developed anyone. If you look at the guys that they've sent to the pros, they were going to be pros regardless of if they were, regardless of where they went. It just mattered as to how much they improved. Um, but just on this week alone, with what you've seen. I mean, on this season alone, with what you've seen with what the offense is doing as far as the run game, what you've seen with the offensive line, what you've seen with the secondary, and what you've seen and the defense as a whole, you can't argue that this current Michigan coaching staff as a whole is not developing players anymore. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, from like, the high school perspective, like just thinking about recruiting, just looking at what Jim Harbaugh has done to this program. Last year, Michigan was a team that didn't even make a bowl game, and now – with the flip of a switch, just one summer, essentially, he's turned them into title contenders. People I don't... are talking about the Rose Bowl already. Yeah, I know, exactly. And, just and it's way... not just fans, it's pundits. Yeah. Look at look at it kind of like a, like a John Beeline sense of development where you bring in these recruits who are not necessarily the best recruits in the country. He's taking that talent that Brady Hoke brought in. I don't think there's any, any doubt that there was talent brought in by Brady Hoke. It was just a fact that that talent wasn't being realized under the coaching staff. And Jim Harbaugh is taking those recruits who are obviously athletically gifted. He always refers to his players being athletic specimens, these these strong young men, these strapping lads. And he's turning them into hard-nosed football players. And I, th- I, I look at it a lot like John Beeline does with basketball players, and, he, and he's well-known for it. And I really hope it's something that Jim Harbaugh becomes known for. It, well, it's the it's. I think it's Jim Harbaugh's demeanor. I think it it goes back to the yeah, fact that, that thir- I gotta agree with you on up, that. Up thirty one, well. up thirty one. He's intense. He's he's screaming at referees and and going for it for fourth down when you're up thirty one points. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I think I think that there's a screw the field goal. We're going for the touchdown. Oh exactly. I think that there's a no nonsense. Don't let up ever. We come in here on Saturday to do our work, you know, kind of sentiment of this team that's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, this is the most professional Oh yeah, uh, team we've seen, certainly. Because under Brady Hoke, you did get the sense sometimes that guys were quitting, guys were coming in underprepared or overconfident, whatever it was. I remember last year, Michigan... Players came out and stuck a train stake in the field, and Brady Oak Brady yep. Oak said yep. he didn't wasn't aware of it coming into the game. I can promise you, we're not going to see any sort of shenanigans like that on Saturday. Oh, no, this is a Michigan team that's going to come in looking to work, looking to win, knowing they're going to win, and hopefully dominate. It and, hasn't been like this since Lloyd Carr. Yeah, and, yeah, that's that's, that's really statement. how that's really and how I, you have to I say it. I think you can make it early Lloyd Carr. Even I, I yeah. don't even know if we saw teams like this. Because well, 06 was old, old Lloyd Carr, and 07 was when the little brother comment got made. So right. I guess it kind of right. depends yeah. on that one. But I, you have to think that with how, with how Harbaugh is coaching this team, with how things are just looking in general, you can't help but 
not only be excited for this game more than more than uh, we've been excited in the past eight years for a Michigan State game, but you have to be excited for the fact that it feels like a rivalry again. It doesn't oh, feel without the like, hype, without without the hype even. Exactly, it feel it's I can I can happily talk trash to my Michigan State friends before a game without feeling like I'm just trying to show off for something that I can't back up. Oh yeah, no, you you definitely have, you know, the statistics and the, you know, the national hype that you can back back it up with and you know, we we talk about going into the game in a professional manner and that's only going to be ac- accentuated by the fact that what was it 110,000 in attendance this pa- this past Saturday? Oh, it's going to be bigger. I can guarantee you that number's going to go up this weekend. 114 that is that is that the guess? I think that on thir- the Thursday show, in addition to scoring predictions, I think that there should be attendance predictions. A capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Who do we t- who do we talk to about that? Well, we can make that work, but we've got about a minute left before our hour-long show finally comes to an end. So I want to ask you guys finally, what is the game-ending score on Saturday? I was way off last week. I said twenty-one-seven uh, last week, so I- I'm I'm trying not to be too conservative, but. I'm going to say 24-10. Yeah, 24-10 Michigan. I'll go 31-14 Michigan. Trash time TD for the Spartans. It's just that Michigan State defense gives up way too many yards. I'm going to go 35-0 Michigan. Oh, Fourth shutout in a row. All right, then. I love the confidence. Yeah, I, I, I see it going... 31-14. I think Michigan State will score early, but I think Michigan will put them away. I don't think it's going to be garbage time touchdowns, but I don't think Michigan's win will ever be in doubt. I just think Michigan State's got too much pride in their rivalry game. I just can't see them coming out flat, and I think energy, at least early on, will help them get a touchdown or two. Yep, I would have to agree. I'm going to say 28-14. to 14, the, Still going to be an incredibly close game, but that is going to do it for us here in the Daily Sports Report. For Brent Graham, Will Yang, Jeremy Parks, Leo Blavin, my name is CJ Stone. We are going to leave you with a good night and a gigantic Go Blue. Go blue. Takes the snap, takes the handoff to Smith, rolling to his right. Still looking for a receiver. Breaks the tackle and he's got a seam. Down the sideline, touchdown Michigan. Gardner takes the shotgun snap, looks to his right and connects. Reaching for the end zone, touchdown Michigan. Amara Darba. Gardner makes a hand off to Smith, looking, firing. Jake Buck, one-handed catch. He caught it, unbelievable catch. Bing Crosby, wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. 
See what it sounds like, hey, hey. They cut out eight bars, the dirty bastard. And I didn't know which eight bars he was going to cut. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going off my nuts. Uh, the last bastion of freeform, WCBN FM, and other. 